All right, everyone, welcome to this week's True House Stories. Fontana coming out of New York City, Nueva York. <laughs> and this week we're joined by one of our wonderful women in, in dance music industry. She has done a hell of a lot and has acquired many gold disc records. As well, as well, she's behind, I would say, a lot of the people that are household names today. She was behind a lot of their careers in the beginning. She started some of their records. She helped push things to make things go a certain way. She even directed them and told them what they needed to do in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She even quietly told us how to do things in the studio. You know, I know she started a long time ago at an R&B label, but I'm going to let her tell you about it. And she's also was responsible for a fantastic record called Free from Ultimate. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, <sighs> it's incredible. And also was the one of the founders of one of the most iconic record labels in dance music history, Strictly Rhythm Records. She now owns and proudly owns it, Launch Entertainment. And she's now on the prowl looking for some new talent all the time. So you never know. You're watching this show. You may be the next pickup that she's going to be grabbing onto. So without <laughs> further ado, i like to welcome Miss Gladys Pizarro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now we got Gladys here. Thankfully, thank God she she is our we call her Mama House. She is the mother mother queen of our house music in the sense oh, of that she she helped. Like I said, she helped put a lot of people in where they are today. But, you know, Gladys, we always start with the first question. Everybody knows that watches this particular show is know you got a mommy and I know your mom. She's been she's God bless her. Still going strong. And, we know, you have a father. We know you were born. But where does music begin for you? Where do you find music and how does it start in your house? Oh, my God. As a little girl, I mean, my father used to, you know, I come from a Puerto Rican background and um, my father used to blast his music, you know, at home. And it was he played his salsa records. And I also had two sisters. So at that time, they used to listen to the radio, which was WABC back in the 60s and 70s, WABC, WWRL was the R&B station. And um, I was lucky that I had that going on in my house because um, it helped me develop an eclectic year. You know, with, with Spanish and rock and, and, and R&B, you know? So you were, so, but before you said your father played one record to annoy the hell out. Oh my God. He was a Grand Combo fan, right? So there was this one record that he used to play like every, oh my God, like it was on rotation. And I was like, why does he keep playing the same record over and over again? Obviously he loved it, but it was like, you know, he just kept playing this record, Serana, right? So it was like, if I hear it again, and it was in the summer, like 80 degrees, I mean, blasting, it was like, oh. So, yeah. so, so, so paint us the picture of that time in New York. What was it like for you? Like uh, t- through your eyes, the landscape, you know, break it down. You know, that, was a, that was a really, when I think of it, it was a really rough time because that was like 70s, 70s in East Harlem, which was really not the best period of time because that was a, the, the, the drug era of heroin. <clears throat> and I was born in Spanish Harlem. So that was, that was 
very prevalent at that time. So I remember heroin and the tecatos, we call them back in the day, um, you know, in, in the corn and the bodega. I hate to make it sound like so grim, but it No, but you got to be time. real. No, you got to be yeah. real. Because um, Blue Magic, they used to have that little pack of Blue Magic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I remember seeing like syringes and the, those. there were these white, um, I don't even know what to call them, almost like saran wrap. And, you know, and it was just, it, was a, it wasn't the best time there. Um, but I'm lucky that I had an amazing family that, you know, that, you know, they were hard workers. They worked, they were working class. And, um, you know, we, we did all right. You know, it was just, we lived in a really um, tough neighborhood. But, 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 but I wouldn't take it, I wouldn't take it, you know, make it, how would I say, I wouldn't take it bad because a lot of those things that, because I was there, a lot of great things happened. I learned a lot of things. So you, so, the, so the street was more like a learning curve too, right? Absolutely. For me. For me. Yes. So you went to I, public school or you went to private school? I went to Catholic school. You went what? Yeah, the Catholic school. Cabrini? Uh, St. Paul's on 118th Street between Lexington and Park. Wow. See, I didn't know. <laughs> See, I told you we always find stuff out. Yeah. Right? Right there, one, yeah, yeah, and hundred It's still there. I passed it the other day. I was like, <laughs> yeah, memory. Still, go, still going, right? It's there. Yeah, it's still there. So, what what was the music at that time you were listening to at that time of your life? Grammar well, school. I mean, I you know I remember I had everything in my house. You know, we had my you know my father had Elvis Presley. My sisters were listening to the Stylistics. Um, we had um, we had the you know Latin music. So, you know, everything from the 70s, the Carpenters, Rolling Stones, the Beatles, I, I mean, name it. If that was WABC, WABC, remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> so, and then if you turn the dial all the way, it was WWRL. And right. that was the slow groove R&B station that, you know, I used to like to listen to too, right? So, the, you know, we do the 500, but that was back then. So that was a dance that people did back. I mean, television did mommy allowed in your house? Why well, say that again? How many televisions did you are you allowed to have in the house? You have one or two. I think we had one, one in the living room and one. In you know, why I asked that question. Yeah, because how expensive they were in those days, and the second was only four or five channels we had in those days. <laughs> yeah, right. It was two, four, seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen. Right. And then you watch the Spanish station 41 and 47 to watch wrestling. They really used to watch wrestling. <laughs> Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. So you remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember my mother and father having that on. And also remember Saturday nights was Carol Burnett. That was, that was later in the Sunday. Seven. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Carol yeah, Burnett, Bunker, Bunker, all that stuff was, that was all you had. Saturday was Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, oh my God. Yeah. Single lady. Yeah, she goes. She was my idol. Divorcee, single. Talk about change in the 70s. That was like, when you heard somebody tell you their parents divorced, it sounded like it was cancer. What? They're divorced? Oh, now it's like, oh, how many times have you been married? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it was like almost taboo back then. So in the kitchen table... So what was the dreams that you would be thinking about? Like, what were you thinking about? What 
where would you be going in your life? You know, like we all dream, what are you a postman, a fireman, a lawyer, a doctor? No, I know what, things. I, I, yeah, I always had a thing for photography. Like that was my love to be, you know, photographer, photographer. But my family was like, you can't make any money doing that. You better find something else to do. <laughs> so that was not, you know, that was not a good idea, even though I was passionate about it. But I got my mom to, you know, get me a, a camera. And um, it's funny, a film camera. And, you know, I went, to, I went to college for it. I went to, you know, I, I went to study film. And I went to Hunter College. But I landed up getting a job in the music business. Oh, well, that we'll get to in a minute. But we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. So wait, you're in, yeah. you're in college. Yeah. Were you going out yet? Were you going out night clubbing? I started to go out late because I couldn't get my my mom wouldn't let me go out. My friends would go out to the parties and to the clubs, but I wasn't allowed to like till maybe at 18, you know, but my friends were going way before like 16. I got all my education on not even house. It was R&B and disco in the streets of New York. I got all my education right in the heart of the projects, <laughs> right, right on 115 and Licks. 150 in Lexington. That's, That's right. It was a project. I think it was Wagner. Not, no, it's not, it's not Wagner. It's something else. I can't remember. Well, explain that to people because they don't know. You know they've seen only these HBO, like, you know, that show Vinyl and they show Cool Herc DJing yeah. in the project. Oh, so, man. You talk. I mean, you know, all my friends, my friends were going, I, I mean, like, and not even to the loft. It was like more, what was it? Starship, right? Starship the Discovery. Starship. Yeah. Whatever was happening around that time, I was in it. I was in able to go because my family was like, no, you're not going. So I had to get my education from the DJs that were playing in the street. Um, and that was on 99th Street, 99th Street and 3rd Avenue, and also on 115th and Lex. The guys used to take their equipment and, and um, you know, their equipment, their DJ equipment, and and um, hook up their sound system, the turntables, and the party was on. That was it. You know, disco people were doing the hustle back then, and they were, you know, also um, DJing tunes like Good Times and, you know, by Chic. And um, and then also they were playing um, every anything that was on Sugar Hill, you know? And then later on, they started playing Tommy Boy stuff. Right, that's so I was like, yeah. I was like, ooh, this is, who cares about the club? I'm, get our, we get our bottle and go to the, go to the, um, Go to the projects and have a blast. And dance all night. Dance, well, dance until the cops come and take off the music. What time would that be? Maybe around 12 30, 1 o'clock. But, but they, you know, they would blast the music. Like not, not too much, but the thing is, um, the projects were on that side, but there, there was like a, a basketball court and it was kind of open. It was a basketball court with a handball court. So it was kind of cool because it wasn't, it's loud, but I mean, they dealt with it for to like midnight, a little over midnight. After that, you know. The, that is, were they wearing their pumps, the girls? Were they wearing those, you know, those mushrooms? The cork. The cork. The corks, right? <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Those slap sandals. Remember those? Yeah. like a slap sandal like this. That, right? And the marshmallows. The marshmallows and the wedges. The wedges. And the khaki pants, right. And the khaki pants with the line on the side. Crazy, crazy right i tell people watch like uh watch shows like um 
Telly Savage, Kojak, the way they dress with the big lapels. That's how it looked uptown Manhattan. They wear those big lapels. No, and then you guys had the quarter field, the, that court, the quarter field, and, and um, what's the one with the... The, the Kiana? No, Armand used to wear it. Um, oh, my God. It's a she- sheepskin. Oh, yeah, the sheepskin coats. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's, Run the, DM, that's right around Run DM Sierra. That's right around Run DM Sierra. That's crazy. Yo, it's crazy, right? Think about how crazy life is. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that was the foundation that got me, you know, that built up to, you know, to my days of... But we'll get to that later. So you're going to Hunter College, you're shooting photos, and you're hanging out in the projects, dancing on the weekends. Fridays. Fridays. Where are we going from there? What's the dreams? Because you're not thinking about record business yet. There's no Hell way... Hell no. Hell no. Um... I was just going to high school and then um, I got myself in college. Um, but that was a hard time because um, I was trying to figure out what, you know, I was trying to figure out what do I, what am I going to do with my life? So I went to college and got a job. <laughs> got a job. Um, and what's that trabajando? Yeah, well, I was a, don't laugh, but I was a construction worker. That's it, but not, this is why I say, see how we unearth stuff? I never read that. Yeah, yeah. I never told me I over either. What do you mean construction worker? For who? For, I, I built the buildings on um, the American Express buildings down in, in the West Side Highway. What do you mean construction worker? What was your I job? I worked at construction job. I was a construction worker. In the late 80s. Wait, no, in the early 80s. In the early you were doing 80s. construction? I built the American Express buildings on the West Side Highway. When you pass it, they're there, right across the street from the World Trade Center back then. They're right there. I just passed, I just went by there the other day with my mom. I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. Those are the, those are but what were you doing? Were you doing the sheetrock, the masonry? What was your no, job? No, actually, what I used to do was take the bricks, the cement bricks, and um, um, stack them up, stack them up in four rows, like one, two, three, four, and send them up. And, you know. So you were crazy. part of the Mason. You were part of the Masons, guys. You were part- that. And then also I was making weep holes, which is a plastic, a plastic, is a plastic. And then it, it has like, it's almost like a straw. And then you take string, a string, and you put it in the plastic. You put it those um, weep holes in between the bricks to soak up the water. What? Yes. Those weep holes suck up the water. When you put a brick in. Right. And you, and you, and you cement it. Yeah. Those, um, you put the weep holes in there. Cause just in case. It is that rains. why the bricks have, is that why the bricks have the holes in them? Yeah. Well, not that's, we put the weep holes in there, but you, you don't, some of them don't have, some of the bricks don't have that. The whole wow. so, yeah. So that was there. We made I made a lot of those. <laughs> a lot. How many years did you do? Though. How many years? Okay, so let's break down the years. What year did you start construction? Okay, so you left high school, went to Hunter, and then out of Hunter, what year did you start construction? Um I say late 70s. Okay. Like like 78, 79. Exactly. Baby I, didn't, I didn't last that long. I didn't last that long. Maybe 
like three years. So that's- that you go into the construction union, did someone get you a Absolutely. union job? Absolutely. Yes. That's right. I'm trying to I'm trying to pry this oh. out. People help me with some questions here. This girl's making me pry. Oh my god. So pry it out. So who what wait a minute? I was raking who it talked in, you boy. into the union? Who talked you into the union job? Somebody had to talk you into this. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I don't know if I can say what happened, but let's, okay. let's, yeah, don't say name. Yeah, just yeah. say what happened. I just I, let's say this. I I yes, I was part, I did get in the union. I was really cool working construction for three years, enough because I made a great deal of money. That was fun. But after a while, it takes a toll on you because you're working in the cold. You know, after I think under 40 degrees weather, you don't work anymore because, it, you know, the cement gets hard. So it, after a while, it just wasn't for me. So I was making good money, a lot of great money. And, um, and then, you know, I was just like, you know what? This isn't for me. I, I got to find another career because this is as much, the money is great, but. It's, not, yeah, it's a tough job. I'm not yeah, going to lie. That's a tough job. Me. It's not for me. So, you know, I landed up working, maybe taking some other job because I couldn't find anything. And what job and was don't that? Laugh. No, I'm not going to laugh. Nobody beats the whiz. Yes. Nobody beats the whiz. Nobody beats the whiz. What'd you do with the whiz? What'd you do for them? The, okay, for those in the European side, UK, the whiz was a chain store in New York that sold appliances, music, and all. It was a yes. big chain store. CDs. I was in the music CDs, department. Records. She worked in the CD department. Okay. In the music department. Whew, thank God. Ooh, yeah. big change from construction, queen. Yeah, from, like, look... To like nothing, but and, but yeah. but look how look how the look how it works. Okay, so my friend, a really good friend of mine that we went to high school with, I mean, I was really like down on like bad. I was like, man, this really sucks from making great money to like no money, right? And I got a call from him, and he's like, Gladys, there is a position at Spring Records. I really think you should come down and and interview for the job. And I was like, I, you know, I was working in the music department at the Wiz. Carlton called me. He Carlton is a performer. He performs all over the world. And he and I went to June, um, we went to Richmond, Richmond High School, Julie Richmond. Please tell, he, please give us Carlton's full name for everyone. All right, Carlton J. Smith. Carlton. And he's here, yeah. yeah. He he he's a performer, worldwide performer and performs all over the world. And, you know, I just, he, well, he, he just finished um, performing way before, I mean, now before, what do you call it? The, um, the pandemic. Yeah. I, I missed it. So, you know, we are Facebook friends. We haven't really touched base ever since all this happened, but he is the person that I owe everything to. So he is the one that called me up, got me the interview with Mark Finkelstein. And, um, and then that was it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that strictly or spring? No, it was that spring. So more Fink- so <laughs> clarify that you know that you this is your first meeting with Mark Finkelstein in the year of 1988. Around oh, there. so you were you were working at the WIS for a few years already. No, 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 months. Months. Okay. 
88 you went to spring or was it earlier than that around i'll say around 87 88 okay i was there like maybe a year and a half before it closed down okay so mark was your boss at at spring records correct and what was mark's title at the at spring records what was he doing i I think he was controller controller you know See, this is what confuses everybody. Everybody always asks this question to me and many others over the last 30 years. But we all heard Mark was a rocket scientist. So how did he end up at Spring Records? Was um, he actually a scientist for real? No, no. He, he does have the credentials. Um, he did work. He worked for NASA. I don't, it wasn't, I don't think it was NASA. From my understanding, oh my God, I don't, I want to call it government, but I, I could be Grumman. It could be Grumman. Because he yeah. lived in Fort Washington and he lived in Long Island. That I remember. He told me okay. that. So he, I do remember. I'm just trying to remember what was the company that he worked for. It's a, it, I'm trying to, I, I want to say Boeing, but I'm wrong. It's, it's something. Grumman was in Long Island, Grumman Aerospace, which would have been possible. It was, could have it's been one of those companies that he worked for. And I'm sure that he worked on the Luna module because he got to sign his name on the on one of the one of the crafts that landed up going to the moon and that's why he has that model in his office because he you know he has something to do with that so yes so he is he you know he does have some so he really was a true rocket scientist in a sense well sort of yes (laughs) because he used to talk about that he's a freaking rocket scientist doesn't he knows what he's doing he he worked at a company where they build the i want to call it the vessel boat that okay makes lunar sense lunar module whatever that was all right so now i understand now so then we clarified that now you go to spring records you meet mark finkelstein what do you do at spring records what's your job title oh and- my god i was a i was a receptionist and i did some of the administration stuff and you know and that's what i did for like six months i was hired to be an administrative assistant <laughs> administrative yes. assistant yes and so what so in the in the oh. sense of the duty the title of duty what exactly does that mean go to dinner oh no no i was answering the phone doing the filing doing the typing doing you know um, um invoices which i was horrible there were more invoices in the in, in the garbage than than i sent out because at that time it was white out <laughs> you know you're the He's perfect like, worker i was there were more invoices in the garbage than than the ones that I send out. You couldn't you couldn't move fast enough for them, right? I hate how many, so how many words per minute did you actually type? Forget it. Forget it. Don't even ask. Wait, so you had the, the two-finger technique? Click, click, clap. I'm still, I'm still doing the two-finger technique. Yes. Still. It's great. I never knew that. Here I'm thinking, see, people they they read this this thing with you, they say spring records. Oh, she must have been AR there. No, 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 no. I did. That was my, you know, that's was my foot in the door. Did you hear any of the music that they were putting out at that yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had Millie, Millie Jackson, Fat Bag Band, um, Joe Simon. I mean, it was like the real, authentic RB, soulful, you know, southern uh music. But when I got there, I lasted maybe a year, year and a half because that music was fading out. And, and then, you know, Uptown and MCA was rolling in with the New Jack swing. 
So our label was, you know, even though they tried their attempt on freestyle, they did, but it just, it just couldn't. You couldn't compete with Cutting and Mitmat. They had that luck. And some of the labels in Florida, you just couldn't, you couldn't touch them. So to get in, in the middle of what they were doing already, it was not a smart move. And bringing you in was uh, definitely helped not get the money in either. Because you're, you're, you were real quick with your invoicing. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Gladys, come in here. Click, click. Gladys, did you send out that invoice for 25000 Answer, Gladys. Um, sure, I did. Think you got that? <laughs> 25, oh my God, it was, that was horrible. I hate it. Wait, did you pay the PO? Did you send the, the studio the, the, the invoice for the PO? Yes. Everything was Crickets. yes. Crickets. And you heard birds <laughs> of a feather all flock together. I was, you know, administrative is not my thing. It still isn't. But guess what? But it I get was. it done. But guess what? It was because it got you in there. You blagged your way in. It was horrible. I was terrible at it. But you were thinking about, am I going back to go lay bricks? Oh, even though I was... Were yeah, you but thinking you know, about that? Were you thinking about that? Like, Because that's how we all think. Like, you're saying, shit, I don't have this good job no more. I'm making some real bank. And now I'm, I'm going into a label. And they're getting ready to close? You don't even know yeah. about that yet, right? No, you're- I know. Yeah. It's just weird how, like, you know, like how we think about it because... I was so happy. I never forget that feeling I got when I got the job, right? I was like, wow, this is great. I got my foot in the door. This is so awesome. I never forget walking with that 12-inch. Remember we were with the 12-inch, right, actually? All right, yeah. Everybody, we used to hold stuff. Show you. Right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. But in the sleeve, remember that we put it in the sleeve of the of the Manila envelope, right? Yes, the mailers, the Manila the mailers. mailers. So, yes. so walking, listen, so walking with that, oh, that feeling was like, oh, yes. You felt you so, felt rich, right? Didn't you feel like yeah, a rich? Yeah. So wait a minute. So the 2500 to 2800 a week that I was making during the construction and then going to 174, 171.25. Yeah, she even remembers the numbers and digits. One seven one two twenty five from from twenty five hundred dollars a week to one seventy one twenty five. I got to be honest with you. Of course, it's a huge hit, but I would have done that for free. That's dedication. No, that's, that's because a- you love it. Now, what I'm saying, love, love dedication, yeah. you would have done it for free. Do you hear that, people? No, and not only that, what I just want to say is when, when you love something as much as, like, I just got, like, a rush. Like, I just got, I remember that so, feeling. So let me, let me quote Chris Rock. And Chris Rock said, and I always use this Chris Rock saying, you all look at your clock when you have a job. You can't wait to get the hell out of there, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have a career, there yeah. is no time. There is no time. Yeah, right? How many hours family, did you spend doing oh, this work? No, I was my family never saw me. My family never saw me. I was on my family never saw me, one. And number two, I took my job seriously, like seven days a week, 365 days, you know, 52 weeks, yeah, 24 hours a day. I did, I I was always talking about music. I had friends that were like, yo, is there anything else that you can talk about? No. Like, 
<laughs> exactly. No. 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 Absolutely not. I mean, if I'm listen, we got a story like I was like, for instance, mopping my floor and listening to demos. No, we're gonna go that again. We're not there yet. We're not too far. It's already too late. We yeah, go- I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to fast forward. No, 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 no. We want to. No, we want to get every piece of it. I gotta stay. I gotta keep listen, everyone. I gotta keep her on timeline because otherwise we're gonna lose it. Eighty-eight. She's with Finkelstein. She starts working at Spring. What happened when the doors defunct? Yeah. So we, you know, he was like, I was like, wow, this sucks. Now I got, you know. I had a nice momentum um, and, you know, now I'm going to be out of a job. So he was like, mm, not necessarily. I think that I still want to be in this business and, um, and I would like to take you with me. And I was like, oh, okay. That, that means I, I still have a job. I'm still in the business. Awesome. So he opened up a, a little office on 1650 Broadway. And I Famous music building, 1650 Broadway. And then he was like, what do you, what do you, all right. So he asked me a question. What do you, what do you think we should do? Like what kind of music? So I said, um, well, I think we should put, you know, freestyle is not a bad idea. I kind of like freestyle, but, but these guys got it. They got it. You know, like they took over it. Like I, you know, it was, it was, um, Micmac. Cutting and a few labels from Florida pretty much had it down. Don't forget Sal Abatello with Fever. Had oh my God. Yes. Up Sal in the Bronx. Fever. Sal had exactly. it. And Mickey Garcia. Those two were the freestyle king. And, and cutting. So, I mean, and, I, also, and not only that, for them to already be in the, in the, you know, the height of everything, for us to be new and try to do something like them was not a good idea. You understand? Like it's oh. like why would I want to compete with labels that are already, you know, that already know? So I was like, I think why don't we just do house music? You know, there's only a few labels in the city that that you know that are doing it. You know, we had New Groove. There were our competition. There was a couple of others. So that's he's like, all right, so let's let's do house music. What do you want to call the label? He's like, how about rhythm records? I was like, mm, how about strictly rhythm? That rings a bell. How long did that take to come up with that name? No, that horrible no, name. I, exactly. Well, you say, you, so you say, oh, you know, what about strictly rhythm? How long did that take? Like, you were like, all right. Strictly Let's rhythm. go with it. Let's go with it. And we didn't have, well, I don't want to say we didn't have any money, but I was like, what kind of logo? I said, you know. We, we, we're a street label, so let's, let's stay on the street, which was the, the brick and the graffiti. And that's where, the, that's where your mason side comes in. Now I understand. <laughs> the bricks, right? The bri- yeah. See, I could never understand where the bricks came from. The now bricks. it makes sense. The bricks and the thing. You hear and- the people? This is what I love about this show. Who the hell knew she built the American Express buildings? <laughs> yeah. People were saying wow to me just now. Wow. And now I know why the brick is there. I'm thinking, what the hell would the bricks be part of it? The bricks. There you go. So the bricks and the graffiti. And, you know, knowing, you know, I come from the streets, right? So I wanted to make sure that I could put that kind of music out. All right, so here we go. Now you guys open up this office. Where do you start with not being able, not doing any of this before? Where do you begin? 
Um, well, for me, it was not, it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say that because nobody knew who I was, but I was out in the clubs all the time. You know, I was out in the clubs. So Panthers clubs that you were at at that time, what clubs were you going tracks, to? Tracks, tracks, um, 1018. Um, oh my God, what else? Tracks, 1018. Um, Studio 54. But Studio 54 now, when it, but I was do, I did Studio 54 back in the day, in the 70s too. Um, because believe it or not, I was listening more to commercial music, commercial dance than house. I didn't even get to house yet, you know? But I, uh, you know, but then I, you know, a friend of mine took me to Zanzibar and the rest is history. Because <laughs> well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a loft person. I didn't know. I mean, I knew about the loft, but I wasn't part of that. Unfortunately, I wish I would. And I went to the garage once. And I was there, I never got, I never went back. Why? <laughs> I was like, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> so you're like, anyway. it's not for me. Uh, no, 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 no. I just, for some reason, we can't talk about it. <laughs> but I went to the garage once. Okay. And it's unfortunate that I wasn't part of that. You know, I wish I would have been. But I got my education on house in New Jersey. All right. Yeah. So you open up the office, like I said, and like you said, you open up the office and you're running around clubs. You got business cards, I guess. Yeah. And you're looking and listening to DJs. Yeah. I mean, I was all, I was all over the place looking for what's hot, what's hot, what's hot. I was putting the word out. I'm looking for stuff, going to DJs, give me my card. and then. Um, it's funny because the first record that I wanted to sign was a record called, um, it was something that George Moreau had given me, but he ended up giving it to another label. Greg Riles was Greg Riles's label. Um, but I didn't get it. So, and actually he worked on that with David Cole. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't happen. So I had to sign like another six records until I finally got that one. Gladys, what's the first record you signed as an A&R person, professionally speaking? Feel the Rhythm of House. Who's the artist and who's the producer? You remember? I don't remember the producer, but I, it was an artist by the name of Tylon. Tylon. Yeah, Feel the Rhythm of House. How did you feel? What did you do? What was involved? Did you hear somebody play the record? Was it something? No, I, I heard the demo and, and I was like, oh, Finally, I got a demo. It's housey. You know, let's let's experiment. Let's put it out. You know, um, and then and we did. And then we had a, a couple of other songs that we experimented with. But you know, I was I was treading water to see how the climate was, see how you know how it feels. But it wasn't until like. I call it trouble seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. You oh, have a lot happened? of good luck in your in your corner. A lot lucky of lucky number seven. Gamble, boy. You gamble big. Seven. Lucky number seven was 1207. SR1207, the warning. <laughs> Logic, the warning. Yeah. Who's That's the producer awesome. behind it? Do you remember? Of course. It was Eddie Maduro and Wayne Gardner. And what 
Gladys, come on, girl. Give us the logic. Who'd you hear play it first? What was the story behind it? Or was it they came to your office and 1650, they play you the track? Because no, I know no, Eddie, Ed, Eddie. What did Eddie, Eddie do? Eddie Maduro. Eddie, Eddie Maduro came to the office because I think I ended up going to Vince Pellegrino's office and I was looking for music. And he's like, no, 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 I, I'm working on something. I'll come to the office and I'll play it for you. I was like, this is what I was looking for, guys. This is what I was looking for. This, this, uh, I, I knew I, I had something special in my hands and I just needed to give it to the right person. And the right person who I love dearly and who has helped my career tremendously was Mr. Humphreys. I've said the same at many times, many interviews. If it wasn't, and, and, you know, house. I can't even explain the, the depth of gratitude. Well, express that feeling, what it meant to have him in your corner and what yeah. he could do, the power he had at that time. No, I, I mean, I, I was, I was, I can't remember where I was with Abby. I met with Abby from moving and I got so emotional because he, he is one of the main reasons why strictly rhythm, you know, was developed into the label that it was because he was very supportive of the projects that I was signing. So my love and big ups to Mr. Humphreys. You know, I don't forget that. So I'm going to tell you, let me break it down for everybody. I've said this over and over. Tony Humphrey's had a Kiss Master Mix dance party show two nights a week, Fridays and Saturdays. At the same time, on the other side of the radio station, 107.5 WBLS, you had Timmy Regisford. If Tony Humphrey started playing your record and played it hard, you can guarantee Friday. Timmy Regisford and then Merlin Bob would start playing it. But Tony was the first to experiment on many of our records. And I remember Gladys had the inside track to him. She would sign a record and she would get it to him and he start running that record and have all of New York going crazy. No, I and mean, by the time I, listen, when he plays it, he played it, for instance, maybe it was a sp special party, but the fact that he played it again the same night, oh my God. By the what time was that like for you? What was it like for you? At the I was like, oh, that's crazy. It was nuts. But, um, oh my God, the feeling, the feeling that you get. And not only that, remember when he played it on the station, I think, what was it that the UK used to get it? Maybe a week or know. two later, what happened? Oh, maybe? A few people would, a few people would record the tapes and send them overseas, right? Over cassettes. So the buzz, the buzz on the record was crazy. And then the, you know, distributors were calling, oh, I need a hundred of those. I need 500 of those. Or, or, and then maybe some of the, the labels, when they hear about it, they're going to call the office to get a licensing deal. It was, it was just bananas. The, the, the uproar and the, and the electricity that was running around in the office, you know, and in the streets, because now, you know, the warning was the first record to give me street cred. You know, like, oh, you, that I mean, it legitimatized you, gave you that legitimacy that you yeah. are not some corporate biatch coming down <laughs> trying to act like now she's got her street clothes on. She yeah. now look at she's trying to be cool. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Some of the ain't our people that was like, <laughs> they here, yeah. they here. They came. Look, look who's hanging out. Like we, you know, we used to joke about this all the time. You would have like, oh, oh my god. But Gladys back in the day to get a meeting with her right after the warning, that was a whole other thing. Try calling the office and go see them. Couldn't even get up in there because everybody in New York and New Jersey knows Tony Humphries is rocking your record. They want to get now 
on part of the piece of the magic now. People, that's how it worked. Yeah, it was you used those labels as your catalyst to help you help them and they help you to blow you yeah. up, right? Well, no. so yeah, I mean, so, and what was great about it, they were like unknown. So, but it was, it was a real great quality house track. Oh, it still is. And it still holds up today. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was well EQ'd. I mean, that, I mean, that Wayne Gardner is no joke. You know, he's. Where's he's Wayne Gardner? Wayne, step up for us. Wayne, but, I mean, I'm sorry. Wayne. I'm a fan. I mean, that, that guy is, has Wayne. an amazing ear. I call, you know, I, one of my favorite, favorite engineers is Bob Clearmountain, right? <laughs> he's done all the chic stuff. And I'm like, it's like, oh my God. Like, if you could, enough for nothing. You know what's. I don't know who did the Man Parish record. Um, Hip hop. Matt Quayle, Matt Quayle played on who, that. Cute. I mean, who was the engineer? On that? <laughs> That's that a good question. I, done. I know Matt was I mean, part yeah. of it. I don't remember who mixed it, but I know. Oh my God, that was like anybody can ring Man Parish and ask him <laughs> to come on and bring us who engineered. Don't stop, stop. That was amazing. How that that one of my favorite records that have been tuned. But see what I'm saying? See now, like in your mind, you said magic words before. He says up in the up in East Harlem in the project area, you were listening to Tommy Boy Records. So these things, Breakers Revenge, all these records were happening. Okay, you have a regular job, we get it. But in the in the spe- in the in the spectrum of everything that's going on around you, New York is like a plethora of craziness at times. You know that. You go one part neighborhood, they're playing. Native love. You go to another part of the neighborhood, you're hearing chic. You know, it was like that. I tell people all the time. So you were influenced just on a block party level. You walk into someone's block party and go, yo, I'm not leaving. The music is hot. Right? <laughs> yeah, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. Yeah. Staying right. But, you know, if you go uptown to the west side, you have chic. Good time. Good time. You know, and then you hear like Evelyn Champagne King or something. But it was crazy, man. And then if you go to the east side, you hear um, Love and Kisses. Yeah, and that's how New York City was back at that time. Especially you had KTWKTU too. Don't forget, Disco 92 was big too. Oh my God, are you kidding? Everybody forgets to mention it. We always talk about Frankie Bach. I mean, oh, oh. Oh, I want a pant. Uh, what did he even say? Drink El Pico with your disco. This is Paco. <laughs> no, and you know, it was just a good time for a lot of good music. It's called 92. Katie Ju, baby. Katie Ju. <laughs> but see, this is what I mean. So you have this stuff in your brain, in your heart. You're hearing this music. Now, you're looking for records that are going to make sense. And I know you're listening like all of us were to Tony and everybody's playing out. We're all DJing, doing our thing. But you want to get records, you know he's going to help blow up. And I know that's how we think when we're making records. Like we, we, like, like we would always listen to what was a hot track at that time. Chicago DJ International was pounding out records left and right. You know that. That was one of my favorite labels. Todd Terry comes out with the first sample track with a whole bunch of bits and bobs in it. Everybody's like, what the hell is this? He's sampling for the first time we heard a record come out. Are you kidding me? I mean, he was a king. I mean, he still is a king for me. To us, huge, huge king. Oh, big time. I'm sorry. He's, I got to be honest with you. He's the one that, he's one of the ones that, um, 
I indeed I dearly love because you know I wasn't totally inspired by by him, you know, and I was really lucky to have met him at Spring, you know. But yes, he is amazing. He's one of my because 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 at the clubs you hear. Party people, pop, 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 pop. Are you kidding? That's 10 I want to go bang, 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 go, bang, go. I want to go bang, go. And that's, I remember playing that at the underground. And yeah, the 1018. Yeah, and 10, well, that was Ron Ricardo at 1018. Oh my God. Oh Ron, my God. In the tunnel. I forgot. Rich, Rich, the there's Richie Rich screaming, Yo, welcome 1018. Ron Ricardo. Exactly. He's going exactly. crazy, Richie Rich. We're all, it was a great time in New York. That was a great, Great time. Those late 80s, 90s was impressionable. House music was just making its break. And you were right there at the at the forefront. Yeah. At the forefront. Yeah. So seven records in? The seven, seven records in. Yeah, right. Seven, yes. 1207 is it. And I'm trying to remember the next one done by a guy who used to sell his cassettes on the street in front of Unique. Let me break in. So John Plukin says hip-hop bebop the engineer was mark berry mastered by herbie oh pumpin powers sorry but that frankford was, that, wayne herbie listen, powers that's herbie pumpin one powers. of my favorite well mixed unbelievable i mean love it so keep on going girl 1207 come on but where, oh, 1207, I think it was, uh, yeah, the warning. So then, of course, you know, uh, you know the rest. I don't have to know. They don't know the people watching. Yeah, the rest, uh, all right, so, then, so I, I don't have the catalog in front of me. But That's the, the, the catalog. Let's talk about the first yeah. huge success, the first huge, first big record that becomes huge. No, that was, well. No, not underground. First record gets licensed. Strictly grabs it, you work the record, and it blows up. What's that first record where you go, holy smoke, we made it now? I like to move it. Well, the first one. No, in a huge scale? Well, okay, start with the one that's not so huge, the one that's a little less huge than the big, big Okay, one. no, no, all right, well, after, after... Tell that story, the, girl. No, the warning did really well. The, well. the warning definitely got us, you know, people started, like, paying attention to the label. And then, like a few releases after that, was Roger with Love Dancing. Roger Sanchez. Thank you. <laughs> Roger, Roger S. Oh, excuse me. Roger S. From Ego Trip Records. Well. And that time, that's what he had. He had Ego Trip. That's what I, yeah, that's how I found him because I liked the Ego Trip record. I was like, oh, I want this guy to do something for me. So I, you know, I spoke to Mark. I got the studio time. I put him in. It was a Christmas, man, Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh, all right, let's work. And I didn't, whatever. It was well worth it. It was well worth it because I ended up getting love dancing. And of course, you know, who, who's the first person I gave it to? Tony Humphreys. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't even, I don't even have to say what happened with that. That, that just was a no brainer. The people went bananas. You got me, got me, got me, love dancing. Who got, who put the vocal? What was that all about? I know the story, but you can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was, of course, they, they're going to, in the business, they're going to try to milk it as far as possible. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I thought was necessary to do, but I had other people think that it was a good idea. And they, 
landed up putting a vocal on top of it to try to cross it over. But, you know, it did what it did. I don't think, sometimes you may have a good track. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know? So when you did you call so when you called Roger did you have this idea or Roger says I got something I want to present to you guys No I I think it actually came from the higher the executives at the label they were like oh since this record did so well as a track let's put a vocal on it No no but even before that Roger you go and meet Roger and you talk to him you meet you reach out to him mm-hmm. did you did you have this idea already to do this or was this something he had a track that he No did? no no what happened was I was like Actually, he was doing business with another label in the office, in the in the building. He was doing business with somebody else in the in, in the building, and um, and because I like the ego trip record, I was like, hey, you know, and he was coming to the building to get records to get promos. So I approached him. I said, look, I really like what you did on this record. I would like for you to do something for me. So he came and to, he, you know, I booked him the studio time, and he had like two or three things that that he was going to, you know, produce for me. But when I heard Love Dancing, I was like, no, you got, this is the one I need. <laughs> this is the one I want, you know? And, and he produced it for me. And then the rest is, you know, I just gave it to the right people. And when you heard the project, did you know that it needed to I be? I loved it. You, so you heard the demo? Yeah. Yes. So what yes. was it truthfully? It was a demo he had on oh. cassette? What happened exactly? No, no, he yeah, he had a demo. He had like three songs that he played for me, but I like I like that one because I already knew the original. I already knew the original. You know, is it all over my face? You know, you got yeah, me love yeah. So I because I love the because I love the original. I was like, wow, this is really cool that you were able to pull this from that. You know? Oh, so he had the okay. So he, so everybody understands at home. He already came in with a rough idea of the demo. Mm-hmm. He said to her, play this. She hears it and she loves the idea. That was great. I was wondering why a studio was booked because people would think that no, you. But, but no, 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 no. I, I, I booked the studio for him anyway. I didn't even care. Like I just like go. I threw him in there, and that, and this is why we why surfaced up. You understand? Yeah, so wait. He had had three things. He had three things. So before you booked the studio, did he play you any demos? No. You booked the studio and then threw him in there and say, I want you to come up with something. Right. And he did three things. Oh, so you actually asked him to be creative, go to the studio and make something happen. Correct. That's why you went, oh. Because I was wondering what Christmas Eve, I'm going, what's going on? No, I know. Right. What happened Christmas Eve was after he, after he, Everything is up and we're ready to print. The 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 um the session froze. What? The session froze. The computer froze or the session froze? Yeah, the, the, the computer froze, the session froze, we lost everything. Right, now tell exactly. us now explain the story. What what happens from there? Christmas Eve, the story. Come on now. I mean, we were 12 hours in, maybe more, 14, 16 hours in on that track. And everything, we lost everything. Everything was gone. So we had to come in the following day on Christmas Day. And he was lucky enough to remember where, where, you know, where he placed everything. And he, you know, and, and I didn't lose anything, but we lost, we lost everything that Christmas Eve, but he was able to replace and put everything back in place the way that it was supposed to. He remembered and voila. So give us the conversation calling the boss. 
Because you need more money, girl. You know how that works. Tell the story. Go ahead. But you know what? No, no, no. It it, it wasn't our fault. It was the engineer. What studio? What studio? At MPC. MPC. <sighs> yeah, exactly. So what did you tell your family? Now you got to go back. You're going back to work on Christmas Day. They must have went nuts. Like I said, I was never home. Yo, you won't be seeing me for dinner, so don't bother. <laughs> and because you love what you do. You know, I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not going to make it. But you guys have. I bet you, you were screaming when you were like, what? I was, I was livid. Because Christmas Eve, I mean, I got home, you know, late. And I, was, I never forget, I was livid. But but I knew I had to I had to be there the following day to get the record done. Get it done. So. So you went back Christmas Day, you started up again. And of course, Rogers, like me, we were all excited to be so part of this history. We didn't even know we were making history. We were just trying to make good music. Exactly. Roger probably ran up and he said, no, don't worry about it. I know how we talk. And no. I was lucky, you know, like, again, I'm happy that he nailed it in the sense that, you know, he, he knew what to do. He remembered what he did. And um, was it the same because I know how you are with the demo. Yeah, you, were the, you know, it's so funny. Okay, you, let me tell everybody. Don't play yeah, that. It wasn't. It, listen, it wasn't. It wasn't. And then I was like, listen, you got to change this. You got to change this. You got to change this. And he changed it. And he changed it. He did. There was a part where was like, no, this part isn't flowing right. You got to change it. And he changed it. And I'm happy that he did. And, and it is what it is. It, it's, it's, where, it's what is the original. It's, it's what you hear now. So you got it back to the way you visioned it day one. Absolutely. Don't play her a demo and then go back in and have you do changes because she'll make you go right back in and put it right back to the way it was. I know that because you used to call her demo queen. Do not change the demo. Demo-itis. Bitch would say, I didn't mean to say that. She would say, okay. she would go recall just like that. Recall. She learned that word from Schwarzenegger. Recall. Yo, you gotta go back in and fix it. <laughs> that was funny, man. It's funny. So ego. So Roger, as I say, ego trip. So Roger S. With love dancing blows up. What's the numbers like for a record label to sell something that was that hot in those days? And what kind of quantity did you guys move? Do you remember? I think I, I, the first thing that's coming to me right now is like fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand at the box, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, not out the box. It's well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because our record was, you know, it did really well. And I, I think, yeah, that record, if I'm not mistaken, got us a deal in London. Like, got us a deal, like an album deal, like a Strictly Rhythm album deal. With, I'm trying to remember with who it is, but I don't remember. What does ten, it mean? Ten, ten, ten. I That's ten, ten records? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. You got Love Dancing playing all over the streets of everywhere, including Chicago, New York, Miami, LA. Shit's going nuts for you. Where do you go from there? Are you starting to get nervous now that you got to keep this going? What are you thinking? No, then you know what? I was lucky enough that um, I was, you know, I got enough street cred. People are coming in. And um, and the rest is history. We'll leave it there because I can't give up too much. Okay. You know, I'm working on, on a project. All right. 
Well, let's let's go fast for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, into the late '90s into 2000s, things change. The music industry changes, and LimeWire begins. What happens from that point? Because we all know the success of what you had through the nineties and the Yeah, yeah, totally. And we we yeah, and we're oh, you know, we got yeah. tons of records that 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 became huge hits. We know that you've had probably more gold records as a person that signed dance A and R, you know, as far as ARing house music than yeah. anybody else I know in this business. Okay. Oh. Um Towards the end. Yeah, no, all right. So we look, we had a really great run. I had an amazing run, a great 10-year run, 10 years. Um, even though I was at Strictly for 16 years. Um, once 1999-2000 came, my streak, my streak started to like, you know, and they had to bring somebody else in. Um, and that's when McDavid came in, you know, with Goobalicious. Yeah, the, music, the music was getting harder. The music was getting harder, and um, things started to change. You know, on the on the more I don't want to call it tech, more harder beats, more harder sound. You know, that's that's what was happening. Okay. And we had to bring somebody else in because one, I was already burning out. I had a ten year streak. I mean, after a while, I just wasn't producing, and not only me. That was it's not even that I wasn't producing. It just wasn't happening. It wasn't, it was not, not even not coming in. It was just, it was a time of change. The music was changing. Plus you, plus now, plus the business model changed for you guys too. Cause I remember I, I was in the middle of it all. Uh, Warners came in and bought out Strictly Rhythm. So you came under the Warners cat. Now, now you're working for corporate again. The last time you were for corporate was with Spring as far as a corporate sense of a, of a deal. Now you're, now you're at, you have Warner as your boss, basically, even though Strictly is run by Mark and you guys are running it, but you still have to answer to Warner. So now you're trying to make records to put out that can become huge hits. Well, what happened was, uh, you know, once you do the, what do you call it? You do the, um, they integrated, they wanted more commercial songs. And, you know, that's, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. You know, it, it, it was fun. There was a point when it was fun and now it became, it's, it was always a business, but it just got really crazy. Okay. So here, now let me give you the timeline now. Mm -hmm. 9-11 happens and the buildings fall down. Yeah. The buildings fall down. That's that's what I was going to ask. The two World Trade Centers come down. Yeah. Not soon after, what changes in New York? Oh, the... Everyone's talking about music, everything, you know, the whole... Yeah, thing. yeah, totally, everything. And not only that, the clubs, I think that's when we were starting to have an issue with the clubs. Um, who was mayor back then? Giuliani. Oh, God. We won't go into politics, but we'll mention Mayor Giuliani was, was part of the change, or, the, or should we say the gentrification of New York. Um, and he went after all the mafia and all the people that ran these clubs and the big super clubs were closing not too long after. I remember very carefully because uh, I lost work as many of us did. Uh, but so yeah, that, that, and then, you know, and then we closed up around 2002. So we, we, you know, we had a two year street with Warner 
but that that was just a, Anyway, well, you that. I mean, this was an experience, but what changed now that you saw digital downloading? That was the first we saw Napster came out. Remember yeah. Napster? Yeah, but I, that it completely wiped this. It was just bad. I, I mean, people were just downloading stuff for free, and that was the decline of our business. <laughs> you know, that's when I was going to say shit started to hit the fan, the and tr- not and not in a good way. I mean, the good times started to turn into bad times. And the ugly side, a lot of stuff just got really, like, wow. So. Yeah, no, I know. I remember. Leave it there, yeah. Yeah, it was a tough time. The transition was horrible. Yeah. Because you know? people would say, well, why do I need to buy this when I could download it for free? Yeah, exactly. So that, that to me was the ending of a good, era like of you know some good times and and the way the old model was diminished then that's it it's over but when we say old model well the way we were doing business before and you know we're hard goods you know like for instance cds you know cds and and we we, cassettes and 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 vinyl after that after this whole thing occurred i mean people were i mean people were buying vinyl i mean but it was just different. Everything you know, different. we always said, you know, people would tell me when I traveled the world that they would see the label. Nervous, Strictly Rhythm, Cutting. Mm-hmm. They would just buy Strictly. They didn't even care what was on it at a point. They were just, they were collectors that just, they, you didn't have that anymore. You just didn't have the vinyl collectors anymore. There was nobody around. And you also didn't have the music. Sorry. But you guys weren't producing. Uh, yeah, you guys, you know, let's call it, let's call it what it is. You know, once something happened, you know, and you guys started going on the harder route, things, you know. True, she's right. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't coming from New York. Gladys, tell us why did that happen? No, I'm not going to go there. No, no, no. The technical reason, not the, 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 the emotional, the technical issue. What was changing? Okay, you guys were, I mean, we were working on SSLs, you know, your SSL, a million dollar studio equipment. Now you guys make this up on a $5,000, right? $5,000 to to do a studio at home with with amazing sound quality. Don't get me wrong, but now everybody and their mother wants to be a producer. And I think it's um, a point where it just got oversaturated with, you know, say it's the truth. It's the truth. And I and I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Even I have um uh stepped into that. So right you know, because yeah. out of necessity, you, you yeah, yeah. But but I I don't want to be inauthentic about it. Like that's why I think I need to put a pause. Like I speak to Junior, who works with me about this. Um, it's just uh, you know he's he's different. He wants to put out music and I'm very picky about what I want to put out. You know, like I don't, I just don't want to put out records. I want to put out something that I really like. And you know, the thing is, I understand uh, it's a different time. We're in a different time now. Um, and I, I could let, I could, I, I think also I, I could, it's time to back out a little bit, but um, I'll get to that. 
So you did step out. So did you really step out of the game or you stood in within the in the time of after 20, 2002 until launch began? Yeah, did- I, I, I didn't want nothing to do with music. I, I couldn't even listen to house music. I was done. I was like, I, I didn't hear music for a while. No music. I didn't want to hear any music. That's tough for someone who loves music. Yeah, but I got to a point where I started to hate it. Because, you know, a, lot, a couple of things happened that made me just be angry about, about it. So, you know, and the, so, so the fire that I had is dim, dimmed out, you know. And how so, did you find that fire again? And what made you find the fire again? It even come- it's not nowhere near lit the way it used to be, you know. But from time to time, I get inspired by what people send me. So if I get inspired about it, I'm like, oh, this should, this is a good record. It should come out. All you right. Know, like, so, so before we get to the launch moment, because we will say exactly when you began launch. Yeah. 2002 to that point. So you, you step away from the business and you're going. Not, like, not, yeah, not a good time. I, I just think about it. It's not a great time. Listen, everybody I talk to says the same thing. It was a horrible moment. Yeah. EDM is beginning. Yeah. Oh, Nightclubs are closing. Yeah. DJs are disappearing. I mean, this is like the end. No, like, no, it was, like EDM has, yeah, but, yeah, it was just, I could say from 2002 to 2006, eight. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know anything about this stuff. I'm done. You was and you when she says she's done, she I'm was done. done. She yeah. was like done. Yeah. So you know, and then I you know ended up trying to work on a couple of other labels, but that didn't that didn't work out. Uh, because you didn't have it in you. You didn't feel it. Is yeah, that exactly? I, it just wasn't. Personally speaking, you didn't have it in you. No, I was done. 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 You tried your hardest, didn't you? You just couldn't get it. All right. And listen, that's a fair play. It's tough, you know, and and the machinery that you created was not there either. The infrastructure, the way you had it. Oh, absolutely. Because that's a big thing. Give us, you know, what that infrastructure was like to have that kind of power and have that kind of muscle to blow up a record. You know, like you would say to me, you would say to all the right artists, we're going to push the button on this one. Right? Say that. Say it the way you would say it. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, yeah. Because we, you know, we had everything in place. You know, we knew we knew who to call. We knew, you know, we knew what to do. So that's that's But what made you come back? What made you really come back? What was the defining? Um oh, I know. I, I spoke to Roger and I was working on on my project, a film project that I'm working on. And he was like, Gladys, House Music is coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. So I was like, you know, he, he, he told me two years before it actually happened. So I was like, he's like, if I were you, I think you should um, get your gears up, your bootstraps. And, and your ducks in order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think you should give it another shot. And I was like, what else, what else do I got to lose? You know? so, so then I, you know, I did. I did. And it hasn't been an easy task, you know, but as long as I'm having fun with it, it's cool. When I get really serious about it and I think it's a waste of time, you know, you'll know. 
What do you mean? Right. Well, no, no, do we know? Are you going to make no, a no, no. I'm saying no, public service I'm, announcement? <laughs> but, you know, no, because sometimes it's frustrating. You know, like I got a, I got a good streak, and then you know, it's just, it's, it's like an up and down battle. But it's just how it is. It's just how it is. It's, you know, I just, I noticed that that's how it goes. It's not that's, always. Do you believe? Be, do you believe? Is that, listen, is that always going to go like this? But do you believe you have that streak in you again to do it or not? Um, it depends. I mean, I, I have the structure, like I have junior who, you know, works with me and, 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 and all right, let's and ask the question. Let's ask it once more. What year was launch entertainment created? Um, actually it was in 2006, but I was being distributed by strictly that didn't necessarily work out. And then, um, I relaunched like two years ago. Okay, so 2006 to 2008, then you stopped. Then you stopped and took a pause because you didn't leave it. You paused it. No, because I was, yeah, because I was um with Strictly. It was being distributed by Strictly. They were telling me what to do. I had guidelines. And I was like, no, this isn't going to work. Okay. So frustrated, all the frustration, everything made you pause it again. Yes. Officially again, when did you start it again? What year? Two years ago. Um, 18. 2018. Now explain to everyone what's involved with running a label today comparing to what it was back then. Oh my God. Yeah, um, it's a difference. It's all the people at home. They need to know. No, it's, well, it's, we have some similarities, <laughs> but now what we do is we're using social media. So, you know, because I, I, I just had this conversation with Julia today, you know, it's not like before where we used to send out records, right? We send them out on the mail. Now we use e- now we use email. So, you know, the thing is that usually when we used to send out records, um, we would have a person call to make sure they got the record. And if they're supporting the record, are they playing the record? Now, you know, we, we do it differently. We do it digitally. We send out the email. We expect some feedback. You know, if we don't have the feedback, we'll send it again. If we don't have feedback, we'll send it again. So now, and you know, the what you do as well is, I think, what you should do is also use social media to try to get your record out there. For instance, like you, Lenny. So you go, you're busy doing whatever you're doing. You get my records sometimes, and you really you're on point with your feedback. But lately, you haven't been. So, <laughs> so. I know because I got read. She, let me tell you something. She read me the right act. Yo, I need you to send me feedback. I went. <laughs> I normally do it right away. I'm sorry. Just, you're, just uh, yeah, you're on point with your feedback. For certain guys, I'm like, I'll let them have it, right? So, so the thing is, um, so the thing is that if you're not on your feedback, I need the feedback to send it to the distributors. It's, it's just a different, it's different, but it's not different. It's What's just, the frustration point for you with the old to the new? What's my frustration point is when you guys don't can send me the feedback. And I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest because if you're honest with me, then I can gauge what I can sign and not sign. I do men on film, two two snaps and a twirl. No, it's but you know, but, but it matters. No feedback, feedback matters. It really does. For me, it does. And you know, and you could you could be honest. Not everything I signed is the golden grail. It's the go, you know, it's not. Well, we but, know that. We used to say that. <laughs> what but, we used to say but, that was that was for numbers. That was numbers, <laughs> you know. But 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 you know, it's important. 
it's important for, to, for me to get the feedback because I can gauge things with that. Yo, when I did D train, Gladys was out. She said to me, yo, if I had the office, you know, I would have grabbed that. I says, I know. And I would have brought it to her. The I would have brought her the record and we would have, we would have, we would have worked on it and we would have blew that thing up if she had that machine. Yeah. We missed that. Now. For me, 9-11, when this all ended, it was like a, it was, it felt like a nuclear bomb hit New York. It was just the it world. Sucks. No, because it sucks because you put all your energy into a project and then, you know, and then things like that happen. It's a, it's just chaotic. And, you know, it's, it sucks. Yeah, but uh, you still got to be engineering now. You got to be a mastering technician. No, no, you got to be promotions no. person. You got to be A&R. You got to be, you got to be everything and anything. Absolutely. Crowd control, psychologist for the producer. You got to walk them through, right? How much is that involved to deal with? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're not kidding either. No, I'm serious. I know yeah. that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot and it gets frustrating sometimes where you're like, why, why, why am I doing it? But I couldn't imagine doing anything else. There's no other job like it. Especially when you, you know, I, the way I figure it, it's, it's sooner or later, you're going to find that nugget. <laughs> the, the golden, will find the that golden, nugget. The golden nugget. The golden nugget. Sooner or later, just keep going. Just keep going. That's it going. Sooner or later, you will find that golden nugget. And um, the I mean, Let me it. take you back. Let's, let me take, before we go more into launch, let's go back to a good moment. We were together in Ibiza for her 10-year anniversary. No. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. We were together, her 10-year anniversary at, at Strictly with the album, uh, the whole thing. We had all those hit records all going, and we were all on tour together, and we were partying hard. And I remember taking champagne and shaking in the booth while I was DJing and then sprayed everybody. And these were moments that we lived for and we thought it was never going to end. Yeah. Gladys was telling me she was up in the rafters of Pasha. She said, I can't get over how crazy this is. It's packed. It was nuts. Pasha was off the hook. I remember I was just finishing playing. I think Louis was hanging out with you. If I remember Louis Vega was with you that night. Cause you told me, yo, Louis heard your set. If I remember, you came up to me, said to me, look, we was hanging out with you up in the VIP because he was on the island. Me, Roger, and Eric playing that night on tour with, with Ultra, Barbara, and Dwayne. What a night. Yeah, you can't. Ooh, could you imagine having that Ted, now? I think Ted, Ted was playing. Ted no, was playing. Ted did ministry. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, he came to ministry because that's when Gary went to. Okay. I did the other ones, uh, the other, the other, that, that was an amazing 10 year anniversary tour strip to be part of that history. It's historical. Yeah. Listen, yeah. you got to understand, people. Could you imagine we're living the golden moment? We don't even know it's the golden moment. We just, we're in it. And it's like, it's but just dude, that way. Okay, listen, we, listen, I, and I applaud, I, I really, really get the, what's the right word? I really get the, not the foundation, but I really get, because you guys do this to me all the time. And I, I appreciate it. But we have to move on. <laughs> we, we Listen, matter of fact, my project, I'm working on a project. Well, that's what they want to hear next. That was the next question I was going to go yeah. to. But before we do that, before we do that, I got to do one thing. I just got to play this public service message. Go ahead. Important. 
Tony Lee, who we've had on the show, asked me to, to help support and get everybody out to vote. So he sang us the voting cheer. Here it goes. Hey, what's wrong with you? Don't you know it's time to vote? So let's vote. Come on. Listen to what I say. Hey, 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 hey. And that was Tony League telling everybody go and vote. You make sure you make sure you go and vote, everyone in the United States. Tony League, God bless that man. Anyway, I'm sorry, Gladys. So we're back to you now. Okay, so this is what we want to know. You in between those years, you're working on this big project. What the hell is this project you're working on? Um, I've been working on a on a documentary now. Oh my God, it's been like my five years of me, Ramon Ramon Wells. Uh, from dot dot music, Ramon Wells dot dot music. Yes, we've been working on the project for a while now, and it's a little bit well. It's, it has a lot to do with my days at SR, and um, and you know, and the good things that came out of that place. A lot of great things came out of that place. The domino effect came out of that place. Um, and so, so I'm speaking to a company that is that wants to finally get it done. So I'm just, we're just trying to find the right director for it. Um, I just, they introduced somebody to me, um, but it wasn't the right match. So we'll, we'll, you know, we have to find someone else. So what are you looking for in a director for this? Because I know you did a lot of shooting on this. Yes, I did. But you know what? I don't want it. I, I I can't get involved in it anymore. It has to be someone else to come and take it. Take the take the reins. The concept. Yeah, so, so we're selling the concept, the you know the advertisement of it, just to give people uh, the bird's eye. Give us the bird's eye view of what this thing is, so people understand. Well, it was it's pretty much um, the '90s era of uh, New York House. How we completely started that movement, and and what came out of that. You know, like that movement started uh, a domino effect of some of house music's best DJs and producers and artists that are still in the business now. Well, not now because- Oh, you know, pre-pandemic. You know what I mean? I mean, these guys, these guys have been amazing. I mean, it's something to look, look up to the work that they put in throughout the years and to still be relevant. Come on, that's, that's huge. What other person, I mean, not person, but what other label or- or institution was able to do that. That's, That's why we want to insult you by bringing it up every time because it needs to be said. And I know you don't want to be insulted by being said that you're the mama house, but you got no choice. Okay? That's why I left you. You try to get away. You don't let me fly. You don't let me like, oh, you try to get away, but you can't get away from what you created. You, it's unfortunate. You know? it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's a great reputation to have. Thank you. It's yes. not a bad reputation. Not like, right. Well, the bitch yeah. didn't pay her bills. I mean, it's not that kind of reputation. Like, the reputation is like, she's a gold, she had the golden ears of dance music. Hey, that's a great reputation. Thank now, you. people want to understand about launch. What exactly is launch entertainment? What was the mindset for you to go into this? What's behind it? Okay. Um, I thought that the name launch was appropriate because... <laughs> I was able to launch the careers of many DJs, producers, and artists, right? So I, that's why I chose the name Launch. 
Um, and I, like I said, I wanted to be a photographer at one point. And it's funny how things turned around and I'm executive producing this film, this documentary that I've been in works for for the last five years, um, which is kind of cool because now this semi downtime, I'll be able to not finish it, but get to the next level where I need to go. So, so yeah, Launch Entertainment is a music label, but it also I'm working on on the film and video aspects as we as we speak. Okay, so we're doing film and music. Yes. So if someone wanted to send you a demo, how's that work today? Where, where, where are we at? What are we doing to get that to you? You go to the website. You go to the Launch Entertainment website, and you send the demo. The information is there. Okay. And are you checking everything? No. No. I, I, I have a lot of stuff that's coming in, but I haven't got to it all. Okay, pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic, were you really checking out everything? Because most A&R people, eh, they don't really pay attention. No, but I usually, you know, I do. It's funny because sometimes I, it depends, but, but I try to get to it. I try. And usually what's funny is that sometimes, like for instance, someone sent me something, it might've been six weeks, but I got to it and I landed up signing. And not only did I land up signing it, I took all three. Wow. See what I'm saying? The bitch don't play. Exactly. She don't play. She don't play. You know, I'm, I'm late at the, at the, uh, but I'll get there. You'll get there on her time. Are you still in the same framework that you feel the importance of the mix, the production? Explain that. Let's get Junior here. (laughs) Let's get Junior, get Junior here right now. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. It's like, you know, all right. Let me just, let me just say it like this. Okay. I'm getting older. We know that I've been in the game for quite some time. Um, I think it's time for me to move back a little bit, you know, move back and not take this so serious, but it could affect the music. I'm not sure. I, I just think I need to step back and let the producers. But is your ego them. too strong and too heavy to allow that? Oof. That war. You know what I'm saying? That internal war. Listen, it's hard for me. I'll tell you straight up. It's uh, hard for me to take the. And I, and I accept criticism. I've taken it from you. I've taken it from many people. But can you can you take those words to heart? What you're just telling me. Tell the truth. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. In the cup, I, I'm get. We'll see. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. It's, so, in the process of elimination, someone sending you a demo, are you, are you still comfortable with you being the last call, or do you still need to touch base with others to get that verification? No, I don't. I don't touch base with. I make the final decision, and that's what I. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have someone else do A and R, and then I'm going to have. Um, you know, I just want to make the final decision. I think that I'll be good with that. But I honestly, after I think this is my last year of, I mean, A, I'm going to do, I'm going to listen. I'll be the last listener, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to run the, I'm going to run the label. I'm going to run the label 
but there's going to be someone else handling it. Junior Roshi ain't leaving. <laughs> Thank you, Junior Rivera. Junior Rivera, who works with her and yeah. he's done production. Yeah. He's my le- right-hand man. He's handling the day-to-day operation. Oh, he's, boy. He's saying, oh, God, no. He's laughing. He's like, no, she... Listen, that's what I'm saying. Let's break it really down. Let's break it down one more time. Let me take it from A, B, and C. Are you going to be allowing others to make that final decision against no, no, your no, wishes? No. Not the final. I just want someone else to get music. Like you want, I, you want it funneled in so you can sit down and go, these are three hot records. Pick out what you think. Oh, I like oh yeah. Let's say you're you know, you, you do it and then say, look, I found these, I want you to check them out. You know, I don't, I'm just I'm not hustling anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm exhausted. I can't do that anymore. Are you hustling, so, honey? What you doing now? Wait, that's another thing. What are you hustling with pandemic? Where are you rushing to? No, I mean just well, I'm working on a on projects. Well, we got you the movie. That? Know that. Yeah. We got the movie. But what's life now for you with this pandemic? What are you dealing? How are you no, it's dealing? a little it's a little hectic because I got some personal things that I'm dealing with, you know? And I'm trying to um um level it up, like the balance, balance it. the balance effect. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, family stuff, business stuff. You, know, you, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three so, it's like a triangle, right? It's a triangle. Yeah, and it's tips. If it tips too right. far to the right, this right. gets wrecked. If you go too far to the left, they get hurt. <laughs> exactly. We're all so, dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's been like, like, look, 2020, we know that it was no jo- no year to mess around with. This was an unbelievable one that will go in history. But somebody's asking me, what pulls you towards a track? Like what pulls you in? Somebody asked me that question. What pulls you like, what, 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 what are you looking for? I I, I, like to look up, for instance, I'm laughing, but I, we always like some music comes in and I I just know right away. I'm like, okay, I got to I got to take that. You know, like I, I know some things I'm like, "Mm." some things even, it depends how I'm feeling as well. (laughs) It's a mood. The mood thing. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, this sounds good. I like this. But I got to learn to live with things now. I don't just jump on things anymore. I want to live with it. Like, let me live with it for another two or three days and see if I still like it. Did something happen to make you change that way of of listening to music? Say that again. Did something recently or the last two years... Did, did an incident happen where you were sorry you signed it? That you're saying no. I need to lift some two or three more days to records? No, no. It's just a, I've made I made some. How would I say? I've made some quick. I've made some quick decisions. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take it. You know, and that's not good. You understand? Yes, I know. Impulse, yeah. like old impulse. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Impulse, it's like an impulse like, buy, like you bought the wrong thing. That's what I'm asking. Did something yeah. happen? Like, for example, if you bought a car on an impulse, I don't really like this car no, now. No, no, no. I think that it was. I was trying to create momentum, just to you know, and I think like to create momentum for the label, just keep having things, you know, just to keep a momentum going. But what's the sense of having momentum going if it's a B record or, you know, it's just, it's okay. Is the Latin sound still prevalent in your, th- yeah. yeah. Clarify that girl. Hell yeah. You, it's Cause always. you had Louis Vega. Listen, you had little Louis Vega. They ain't more Latin than that. But in yeah, the, 
Listen, of course. No, and now and now more ever, you know, um, like saliva. Saliva commandos makes these kind of tribally, you know, tribal Cafe um, style records. I call. Yeah, he has but but he's changed. I mean he's you know, I, I just like some of the things that he does because he switches it up, makes it housey, but he uses this like what he gave me with um dirty socks. That was a no-brainer. I was I was like, oh, this is good. You know, dirty socks. So yeah. he gave me a record called Dirty Sack, and it's very tribal, you know. So of course, that's something that will never, never go away. That will never go out of style. People will always dance to drum beat tracks. It was just a really good one. No, that's important. The African feel, the Latino feel. That's part of this whole music experience. Yeah. Without that, you know, I mean, they know that. They always makes you happy, right? It's like a happy song. It's like that's one track goes right from there. It's like, yo, every time you hear that, what's the first thing the crowd does? You know, out of nowhere. You know, that's a no brainer, man. How important was the nightclub for you and the back in the golden era? Forget about the record label. The nightclub for listening to music and making decisions. How important was that for you? As it was an very important. That's why it was very important because I I needed to have, I needed to have um, a relationship with the DJs. That's that was very important. You know, I was lucky enough that when I knew that I was, I had a really good record. Sometimes they would just put it right on. So can I go back to, this is where I got to go back to, because you said this earlier. Can you give us the trip to Zanzibar and what that was like in East Orange and Newark? Oh, my God. What was it changed? That was a life-changing experience. No, 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 no. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. No, no, I can't tell you because I'm using that for my project. Give me one small piece of what a highlight of the night. Something. Oh, my God. First of all, People who never went, who never went there, they don't, they don't even know what's on. Is who's the DJ? First of all, yeah. First of all, Tony had one of the best sound systems in 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 the in the city, right? Like in New Jersey. I mean, just in the tri-state area. It was a Richard Long, Richard Long system, right? So, oh my God, just just the way he used to play certain records and just tweak it up and bring it down. And then the place would just go bananas with the lights and the, I remember seeing like, for instance, the, the walls were sweating. <laughs> the, the people were sweating and the walls were sweating and the, and, and the yelling like, Oh yes, get it, Tony. You know, like it was just, and you didn't have to be there to experience it. And the way he would just tweak, uh, I don't want to, Oh, God, look, I'm just getting excited. That's what we know. want, but we want you to explain it because people don't understand how important. Oh, no, man, that, that people type of- missed that era. They, it's hard to un- you never seen this or, or been involved in it. It's hard to explain it. It's hard. And, you know, the closest thing that I think that is like Ministry of Sound also had that sound system, but 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 there was something about Zanzibar that to me because I was first of all, it was a crowd. Number one, you had that right crowd. Yeah, it was like yo. It was just crazy. Just as long as I got you, I got And you hear that with the strings. And Tony Humphreys, everybody going, Tony! Tony working on us! 
And, and here's the best about Tony. Now, let me tell you about Tony Humphreys. And I've said this before. Those I've said it over and over. You bring him a reel to reel. And if he knew you, Tony grabbed the reel and go, hey, what's going on? And he put the reel right up on the tape machine. And then he would just spool it in and then put that headphone on. And, and that night, you came from the studio. He's playing your record. Holy smoke. What a high. Tell me yeah. that high. Wasn't that live? And live. And live on 98.7 Kiss. On 98 Right. Kiss FM Master. And, and, and if you're lucky to get him to play it twice, you're gold. It's golden. You're gold. No, he did that with my Butch Quick Hire the same night. I was like this. And Carlton called me and said, Tony, don't do that. Twice. He never do. I know. I said, no, he must like it. He must like the record. I'll never forget when he rocked that. Oh, my God. And there was so even many even records. Louis, like Louis, even Louis used to kill it at Sound Factory. Oh, yeah. Louis Vega at Sound Factory. Yeah. Killing it. So yeah, you did. okay, so let me clarify. Sound Factory Bar, 19 West 21st Street was the old private eyes, became Sound Factory Bar. Phil Smith owned it. Jeffrey Robin was the manager. And Gladys had like a pretend desk in the corner. As Louis was playing, it was hysterical. We used to joke about this all the time. She'd have like a pretend desk. She'd be signing records right there. As Louis was playing, it was like, she's like, I want that. She called you tomorrow. <laughs> Boom. It was like that. That's what's crazy about this. We would be laughing. She likes your record. Michael Weiss is in the room. Armand Van Helden, Todd Terry. It was everybody in New York on a Wednesday night. Why? You weren't traveling on a Wednesday night. It was perfect industry night. So you were hearing your new records. You were being caressed by great music and awesome liquor. And, oh, we, and we were high on life. It was the best combination sound factory bar. It was, that, great. I think that was a five. I think uh, I'm not sure, but four year run. No, longer than that. Let's see. I say, I say from ninety. I don't know. I'm not sure. Could have been ninety three, ninety two. Oh, went to ninety nine. No, no, no. I think you're right. Ninety. Because I took over after Louis left, and they reopened it up. I took. I was. I was playing for Barbara and Don for six months, and then, wow. and then it was over, and then it was done. 90, 90, so I say 92 to 95? No, it was longer than that. 92 to wow. 98. At least, if not 99. It was a long time. It went on a long time. It was great. Was we had such great reunions. too. a long time. Fun era, man. A lot of great, a lot of good stuff came out of Guys, that. guys. Yo, yo. Yo, guys. Yo, block him. I don't want him to come near me. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we had. The kind of fun we all had, guys. Can you imagine that? Imagine walking into a club. Walking into a club. The drapes go like this. Yeah. Bar is right there. Yo, and it was Rob. Rob Fernandez. Rob Fernandez. He rest in peace. He rest in peace. And, and Roger and Sanchez. Todd Terry. Benji Candelario. Danny Buda Morales. Uh, uh, Wayne Gardner. I mean, everybody, everybody, and Johnny D, Tommy Musto, all the anybody who was, yeah, anybody who was in house, anybody who was in New York house music. And if you weren't in New York house music, you came from out of state to come and hang out on Wednesday night. And trust me, yeah, to hear, hear the best best house at that time. Done. You're Done. And here we are, we're doing Birdcage up into the pandemic, and Gladys is making sure we all have the records, and we were trying to do that again, and the pandemic comes. Right. How did you handle the pandemic? Were you shocked like I was? Because we were all shocked with lockdown. What happened? What did you do? Yeah, I, was, I couldn't believe it. Actually, I had, I had major anxiety. I thought it was the end of the world. I mean, it's, 
it was really like, I, I didn't even want to leave my apartment, you know? Um, yeah, it was a really scary time, but this is where we're at now. And um, I think, uh, I think that we're going to be in this for a while because we all, as a human race, need to be on pause. We need to be on pause to rethink how we're going to move forward. So, so that's what I'm going to say. At the so are we going to get a musician card, you think, to be able to fly? Are they going to allow us to fly eventually across the world? Because I read something like that too. Kenny Carpenter put that up. He put up something where it said... Listen, listen, listen. listen. musician cards. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what is going to happen till... We'll have, well, let's have this conversation another time after this election. This is some critical times. If you haven't voted, everyone, no matter who you vote for, you make sure you vote, but you got to get out there and vote. This is really ugly. Like, like, like really ugly. We're scared of civil war right now. We're all thinking. No, no, yeah. worse than that. I know. Really ugly. The, the unexpected. Because it's already happened. You know, it's already happened. Like, you know. What's going on right now? So let's that's another conversation. Let's pray that the restaurant industry, Broadway, the cinema, and everything can open up eventually safely, with with us being safe and sound. Because Lord knows we need to go back to work. I'm dying, everybody. I need to go to work. I'm dying. Yeah, but it, it's not going to happen till we get some solution to get rid of this virus. I know to control it. At least that's number one. That's number one. And forget it. If you, you know, no one's going to work or no one's going to do anything until this virus situation is taken care of. I mean, it's not until, you know, there's a, not a cure, until we maybe could be cure it or until there's a vaccine, but no one is going to take a vaccine under this administration. So that we is, have to win. If you could tell, and I asked this question to many of artists that have walked in, you know, this show, um, if you could tell your younger self, mm -hmm. A change that you would have done. What would that change would have been? Uh, believe it or, or not, do you have any regrets at all? Or you say I did it my way? I did it. I have no regrets. I mean, I, there was a period where things got really ugly. Like, I mean, I, I got into you know when things shut down, I I didn't know what to do. But eventually, with time, you grow out of it. So that was just one area, one time in my life where I was just like, oh man, what what's up? Like, I I, I felt. I felt a disconnect, but, but, you know, with time you heal and you move on. And, you know, that's why I'm working on these projects. I mean, we got launched and I'm working on the, <clears throat> on the film. And now, you know, what happened now we're in COVID time, but you know, there's, you could think of all these things like, Oh, be upset about it, but that's not going to help. So take the downtime and use it wisely. And, um, and figure shit out because we're going to be get your, shit, get your shit straight. Everyone get no, your shit straight. Out. Yeah. Figure it out. I mean, cause there's, there's ways of, listen, there's two ways you can handle it. Go down the rabbit hole or, you know, make something positive. Cause it's going to be, it's going to get crazy. So just be aspiring ready. Aspiring producers that are sitting home right now, aspiring, young, fresh, Ready to go record producers that are, are working that yes. What's your advice to them? 
Um, oh, that's easy. Um, be, be <laughs> yourself. Yeah. 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 Be yourself. Try to be unique. Think out the box. Try not to do, do the same generic stuff. Um, even though I sign it, <laughs> I try not to, but it's what, com- what comes my way. So, um, yeah, I just, is that a that- curse, Gladys? Is that a, you think it's not like it's a curse? I would like to see, I would like, because I've been looking at the other websites, like for instance, Be Porn and Track Source, I would like to hear something different. Like, you know, still do house, but what can you do to think a little bit outside the box that is still credible, that would still be credible? That's all. And not gimmicky, basically. I like gimmicky stuff, but, you know, just, I would like to, you know, just hear something a little, you know, like different, like something kind of cool that's like still house, but bring something different to the table. That's tough for people to, to, to figure out. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because they look back at our old classics and they want to reverberate what we did. And that's what I'm hearing. Even with I get demos, they sound like stuff we would have signed. We would have done 25 years ago. You know that it's yeah, tough. Look, look, um, so give us another it. angle. Give us another angle. How, what right, you- for instance, I didn't want to sign the Danism track. At first I was like, Oh, it sounds so glad. It sounds so strictly, you know, but I'm happy that I did because, you know, everyone responded to it. Like, I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, maybe they're not going to respond to it because it's like a typical Gladys record, right? But I'm happy that I did because people really responded to it well. They were like, oh, you know, they really, it gave him that, that old flavor, but, but you know, updated. And, 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 and um, Ray is, an, is phenomenal. She's really is a good singer. She she's really has this amazing voice that works, for, works in house, house music, you know? So she's someone to look out for that I really believe. I mean, she has that drive. Like, I love to see her because she has that drive and she has that, that love that, that I used to have. You know, it's like, so I like to see her bright, you know, like she's really bright. Like, what, what did I say? Like, bright-eyed, bushy-tail. Like, you know, she's and ready. like, I really and want ready. her to, yeah, I want her to get to a certain level because she, I feel she deserves it. She's really... Uh, someone to look look for in the future. You know, like she's going to have, and she's a DJ. So she has like all these qualities that are really kind of cool. She's a singer, she's a writer, she's a DJ. You know, she's, she's, she's awesome. So you feel that we got to keep evolving this art form, otherwise we're going to get, we're going to be finished, right? Art form. Hmm. Yeah, because house music what, is an art form in a sense, you know? Absolutely. But where, I mean, what do we do? Like, what's next? Exactly. Time will tell. Something will happen. Uh, someone will spark a new electric piece of it. or mm-hmm. And you'll go, whoa, that's, we got to get more of that. It happened before. Yeah. One person changes it and everybody follows. You know how that yeah, rolls? But that's what I'm saying. So Who's gonna be the one? Who's gonna be the one that does it? That's right, 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 right. Because people and people are asking me this question quietly. What does Gladys mean by a Gladys record? They don't understand oh. what that means. I know what that um, means. Okay, okay. Um, 
Is that Gladys and the Pips? Gladys? <laughs> no, no, no. A Gladys record is something that I had signed in the past, like a strictly rhythm record. Like it's a typical, like people will know, like, oh, that's that's something she would have signed. Like, oh, like um, oh my god, like 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 Danism, like the um oh, oh my god, uh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> The, uh, That's a hot record, though, that Dan is record. No Limits, damn it. <laughs> the No Limits. When I, you know, that, when you hear it, you, when didn't you think that's his SR record? Me? In person? Yes. The yeah. first thing that came out of my mouth when I spoke to you, I said, yo, that sounds like your old school sound. <laughs> yeah, totally. I lied on him what I have to say afterwards. I love, and I played it. Oh, yes, you did. You I wanted to, it to play yes. the record out for you, and you saw the yeah. response in the crisis. I'm going to play it. Yeah. I play yeah, it. Master, and Master Kev, too, he really, like, he was doing the whole fancy stuff. And even Louis, I, I, got, I got a lot of love and support off of that one. You damn yeah. right he did. Yeah. And what did we all I say? Think, I think they missed it, too. They kind of missed that that kind of vocal, you know. And it was a, it was a great song. It's a, it's a great song. So, so for sure. Yeah, it, it's, but, but speaking of great songs, <laughs> I got a great song coming out now. And it's produced by my buddy, my right-hand man who works at Launch, uh, Junior Rivero. And his name, and this is bizarre because this record, I signed it in December before the pandemic, before the rising, before, before all of this has been occurring. And it's bizarre, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about putting it out because, you know, of, because of COVID, there's not anywhere I could really expose it, but I'm putting it out anyway. What perfect time to put it in, putting it out now during the, the, um, the elections. So I'm going to debut the video tomorrow on social media. And then Friday at six o'clock, we're going to figure out where we're going to do a uh, a live session where I'm going to speak to the producer and the singer and talk a little bit about the song. Now, what I want is all my peeps or all the people that are supporting me to, to hear the song. And if you really like it, I really want you to support it because not only, well, it's house, um, but I feel that it's a good record and it has a, it has a message that needs to be told. And this is something that people need to take that serious. So I'm going to let you know now. The pre-order is on Friday. It's called. <laughs> it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I sent it to you. Yes, I have it. But could, but I wanted to ask this before you say the name of the song. Yeah. Where are you doing this interview and where could people see this interview? Oh, um, actually, important because I'm Junior, Junior, um, I think we're going to do Instagram at six o'clock. Six o'clock this Friday? Yeah, six o'clock this Friday. I want, this is a news alert, everyone. Six o'clock this Friday, you tune in in New York City time, 6 p.m. EST time in New York. Please tune into Instagram on Launch Entertainment. Yes. Hear Gladys speak. And do a question answer session with the artist Junior Rivero on the news. Yeah, the producer Junior and um, Lee Wilson. And Lee Wilson. And it's and it's you know perfect timing and uh, and it's bizarre. It's bizarre about this because we didn't plan this. I I didn't plan all of this, right? Like for instance, we signed the record 
in December. And we didn't even know we should put it out, but we were like, no, this is a perfect time to put it out. Let's just do it now. I mean, it's what we're talking well, what about. What was the final, what was the decision-making to, to push this to go? What was the go for it? I just, when we heard the lyrics, I mean, when we heard the lyrics, we were like, this is perfect timing. It's, like, it's about what's happening right now, you know? So it's and your Marvin Gaye, what's going on record, basically, for the time. Of the wow, I didn't even look at it that way. Yeah. Thank and, you know, and, much, and the name of it is called Change. So I God damn it. I want everybody to tune in Friday. This Friday Instagram, you guys got to help me support her, her, her yeah. group, Launch Entertainment, on Instagram, become her friend, Holla. bother her, send her your material, tell her you love her, yeah. tell her you got your back, because this is what yeah. we all need out there, everybody. We all need this. Yeah. And, and you know, and also we've been, I, I'm excited about some of the projects that have been coming out on the new label. You know, we had uh, Rob Swinger, who who did an amazing record called Believe. And what more time can you want to believe in, some good, in, in something good? So he did a great record where he, I'm not going to say, just go hear it. He did something to the record. And, um, Order, and everybody. Get in there. Get on track. So believe, 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 believe by Rob Swinger. Believe by Rob Don't Swinger. Get her yeah. records. Buy her records. Show her you love her. Yeah. And listen, so Believe by Rob Swinger is a really good track. I've been getting an amazing response from it. Like, look, wait, an amazing response. Well, how is it? <laughs> an amazing response. And how amazing? Amazing response. All right. And, and the thing is, yeah, I mean, I've been getting an amazing response. And, what you know, and I know that it's a great record. And if things were different, it'll probably be charting, like, on regular, on Billboard. Because it's that thing good. She's and hot shit. So you know, see that passion coming through everybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah, go. Tell us about an hour ago she wasn't feeling it. But you hear that, love, you hear that love and passion? Put that hat on. Show us your passion. Are you in it to win it? Because I know when I have a good record, it's fucking great. Damn okay, me. so here's the deal. Are you in it to win it now? Of course. So why are you coming with this pussycat nonsense of our ago? No, because I need time to, I need time to fix. I need time to pause so that I can finish my project and get this going. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? One thing you know good. You you know very good. Your ears don't. I, I, I need to step back a little bit and let people handle some things for me. That's what I want. Madison, they're all saying you're not leaving. They already said everybody's writing. She ain't leaving shit. She ain't going nowhere. You know what? Go to the toilet. Come back. That's what they're talking about. They're I like, want to be and I want to get my award. Like, oh, God, thank you very much. <laughs> that's the award. Look, she's got the award already. Look. Like, oh, Ramon, I want to thank my, my homeboys. I want to thank, oh, you know, uh, Sarah. I want to thank Junior. I want to thank Ramon, all my peeps. You know, like, come on. I, I got to finish this project and you guys aren't letting me finish it. Who's these guys? I, I gave you my film already. You came to the, I still got a way to go. She's got my film a thousand times. Wait a second. And I'm coming back. So wait, do me a favor. One more time. Hold the Golden Globe Award next to you. I want you to hold that. I want to ask you the question. And don't say anything until I ask this question. It's actually the Academy Award. Yeah, it's okay. Hold it. Please hold it. So are you projecting the win? Is oh, that absolutely. a projection? Is that for the, best, 
documentary. Okay, 20, so 2021, 2022. So you you're a firm believer in the secret then of projecting this idea and going and manifesting it, correct? Absolutely. It's, it's have been you working always, all my life. Have you always done that? Clarify that. I meant um yes, I have manifested things. Yes. Has everything that you have projected came true? Yes. Yes. So why will this not happen for you? Because it doesn't feel like it is. But I have to put in the extra work and the effort and also believe it. You know, sometimes you, I go through my my period. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's not always... An uphill battle. Like, you know, it's, it's not always like this. It's like this. When T. Jones says it's not the peaks, it's living through the valley. Yeah. The drain is in the valley. Can you make it through the valley to get back to the peak? I'm trying. All right. That's all you have to say. You're trying. Help this woman. Help Launch Entertainment. Struggling. Get her back in the game. It's not, no, it's not, yeah, it's not. You know, when I say struggling. I don't mean a financial struggle. I mean a no, struggle. To no, it is, it, no, I'm not going to lie. It is, a, it is a struggle. We are putting in a lot of time and the, you know, the, the revenue is not coming in as strong as, it, as we would like it to. We're in a in pandemic. We're in the, the, um, the, the clubs have closed. The exposure that we normally had is gone. So we have to think outside the box to try to get people to listen to our music, at least stream it. But, you know, that's not even making any money. You know, you get what, 0.3%, I mean, 0.3 cents on a stream? We got rent to pay. We got a mortgage to pay. We got, you know, so I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hustling. We need to try to make ends meet. This is or else, you know, even, even if we try to get another job, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's no jobs now. I don't want to say that there are jobs, but not in entertainment though. Not in the entertainment. No, there, there is, cause I, I've checked, <laughs> but, um, but look, you know, even I'm, there's a point where you, you're like, wow, how long can I keep this going before I really may need to get a job? Right. So, so yeah, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about that. So, but I also believe that I have a great team and I have great supporters. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Took a lot for her to come on this show, people. This but, is- I, you know, I don't care because you're my, you're my homeboy and I love you and you know that. I know. And, I and, know. and, then, and I talk to you like this all the time. Well, that's the good thing about this show. This is what the, sh- the only difference about this show is we've got a few hundred thousand people looking in our window while we're talking <laughs> because everybody knows her. if you know all of us in this game, we talk like this all the time. But the difference oh is, oh, my God, he, he calls me at midnight and we're on a roll. The difference go, go is, get us. This is don't get us chatting about politics. That's another. That's well, another. Go down that, well, I will not go down that rabbit hole. No, no, we. That's because private. then you'll be hearing danger, danger. <laughs> I don't want to go down that hole. Private, I want to say something. She has been a trip, and I love her dearly. We've been through ups and downs together, her and I, and she's been through this with everybody. Those who know her and love her know that this is what you get. 
you deal with her, she deals with you. You fight with her, she fights with you. But in the end, we all win. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. She, she's got your back. She's behind you. And I know that. I've, I've, loved, I've, I've worked with her. I know how she rolls. And I know when she believes, she believes. And she'll play that rabbit hole trick while we're in the believing. Hey, she ain't going to work. It ain't gonna work, but then all of a sudden it's like, yo, we got cold, yo, it's she's going crazy, and she's like, we did it. I was like, yeah, you know, listen, how many times you were in the studio to fix that project? Oh my god, that and many other projects we worked on, like recall, recall. That's I just, called, I just had a recall. Called, I just had like, a recall this week. She, I just that's had a she, her nickname. Her nickname in, in business was Recall Queen. Did Recall Queen call you? She's like, yo. Recall. Recall. But you know what? At the end, is worth it. I, you know, I fight myself. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Oh, let's do it again. Jason Ojeda is sending his love to you. He says oh. he is Jason Ojeda. Oh, he, Jason. She, she's a great soul, and so are you, my friend. We love you, Jason. Thank you. And Jason also, we got to get him on this show because he left his company that he set up a while ago and set up an amazing sound company that is doing Tremendous. We applaud him to that. We're also very proud of him. Jason Ojeda, man, got married. He did did his stories. His story is just as compelling as everybody else in our business in every walk of life. But we want to thank you, Gladys. You are are a gem. Look, like every gemstone, it has rough moments. It has beauty and, and, and glory. You know, there's a lot that goes into this, into into having a career as stretching as long as yours. Yours is a couple of generations, a couple of decades long. I say generations. Of 70, no, you're right. Actually, well, seventy five years. She's been doing this seventy five thousand years. <laughs> you're 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 you know, for someone that's still here, <laughs> someone that's still here, still here after, you know, even we had Kathy Brown. She was a nurse. Left nursing, went into music, came back and did nursing. Uh, you know, you hear stories. I never knew she was a nurse, so she told us. So we got a clinical approach to our last week's interview. This week, we got a filmmaker. Did you go to any classes for the filming? You never yeah. said, did you, did you take no, no, I went to, training? Yeah, I, I did separate um, uh, work. Oh my, well, that's another story. Yeah, I... I I got myself in the film business as well, with a production assistant on a film, a few films. But that's another. So, no, no, but that's yeah. good. No, but that's that's. But that's the question. The question is, how do you know to go do this film you did? What was you know you learned? Oh my god. Okay, I I never forget. So, I had an argument with someone in the business, and I really was so pissed. I said, all right, so what am I going to do now? What's next? And then um, I got like an idea. The idea just was like, oh, no, then you, you need to tell your, the story. You need like the minute something happened, I had a, an argument with someone, which you know who it is. And we kind of fell, fell off. And, um, and then they were like, um, I got the idea to do the true story about this project. That needs to be told because of a lot of things that people are getting credit for that don't need to be getting credit. And it needs to be cleared up, basically. You need to set the record straight. Is that why you did it? Absol- absolutely. Yeah, it's cursing out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people okay. need to know. Uh, for one, just the, what is the project called? 
We have it now. Um, I, I, I've had a couple of names, but right now it's called Gotta Have House. Gotta have house. Music all night long. All right, so. Because a lot of it was inspired by that. But anyway, that's part of the. Well, we know, but we understand that you did have some formal training with filming. We also realized that you were in a predicament that you were forced to have to tell the story to correct and lay the law down of what really went 